Matthew chapter number 8 is where we're going to get started. And uh, two weeks ago when we met, we looked at Matthew, uh, we looked at Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we said that when we look at Matthew chapter number 4, the intro to Jesus' ministry, there were two things that, that it really focused on. So look at Matthew 4 and verse number 23. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And so that, that in a nutshell, is Jesus' ministry. Uh, he's going to go out, he's going to preach the gospel, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he's going to do mighty works. He's going to heal, he's going to help, he's going to care for people. We said that Jesus' ministry comprised of two things, his words and his works or his preaching, and his power displayed. And so the last time that we met, as we looked at the Sermon on the Mount, we looked at his words. Uh, we looked at what Jesus said. And so now today, in Matthew at least 8 and 9, we're going to look at Jesus' works, or what Jesus did, his ministry displayed. And, and as you look at this portion of Jesus's ministry, starting here in Matthew 4, 23, and then looking again at Matthew chapter number 9 in verse number 37, they're bookend verses, really. The introduction and the ending of this portion, this summary, if you will, of Jesus's ministry. Verse number 37 says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And we'll get to that in just a second, but that's going to be the, the start of the next phase of Jesus's ministry. Because starting in Matthew 4, when his ministry begins, he's called some of his disciples. They're following him, but they're just doing, they're, they're only doing that. They're just following Jesus. They're hearing his words and they're seeing his works. But when we get to Matthew 10 in just a moment, we're going to see the next phase of Jesus's ministry begin when the disciples are going to be sent out to do the exact same thing. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So Matthew chapter number eight and chapter number nine, two fantastic, wonderful chapters. We looked a little bit at chapter number nine when we started talking about Matthew, because in the middle of it is when Jesus calls Matthew to follow him. And we talked about that significance. But in between all of that, or around all of that, uh, we find many accounts of Jesus displaying his power for his disciples and for the people that he's helping. And uh, we're not going to take time to read all of them, but uh, here's a rundown. Okay, In chapter number 8, verses 1 through 4, he heals a leper. In chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, the centurion comes to him whose servant needs to be healed. And uh, Jesus heals this man's servant, marvels at his great faith. Uh, he heals Peter's mother-in-law in verses 14 and 15. Poor Peter. Uh, he heals and casts out... I'm just kidding. He heals and casts out devils in verses 16 and 17. My wife has a great mother-in-law. Uh, he calms the storm... In chapter 8, verses 23 through 27, he goes out on the boat with the disciples. He's sleeping. The storm comes up. The disciples are scared for their life. Jesus wakes up, calms the storm uh, in verses 23 through 27. Then they get to the other side in verse 28, and that's where he heals the maniac of Gadara, the demoniac of Gadara. Uh, then in chapter number 9, verses 1 through 8, a lame man is healed. That's the same lame man in Capernaum uh, that we read about in other Gospels, uh, those, his four friends lowered him through the ceiling. Same account. Matthew doesn't mention that, but it's the same exact story. 
Uh, and then uh, verses nine, or chapter 9, verses 18 through 26, uh, Jairus' daughter is raised from the dead, uh, the ruler of the synagogue. And in the middle of that story, when Jesus is going to help Jairus and his daughter, that's when the woman with the issue of blood touches Jesus' garment, and she is healed as well. Blind men are healed in verses 27 through 31. And then to cap it all off, a mute demoniac man is healed in verses 32 through 33. So, Lots of different displays of Jesus' power, different ways that Jesus uh, shows that he is God, shows that he has God's power, shows that he is the Messiah, and shows his compassion for people at the same time. And so then when we get to the end of uh, Matthew chapter number 9, like we just read in verses 37 through 8, now Jesus' ministry is going to be multiplied. Jesus, up to this point, has been the only one preaching. He's been the only one healing. He's been the only one caring. He's been the only one helping. And so now Jesus is going to multiply his ministry by sending out his disciples who have been following and watching and waiting for this opportunity uh, to be a part of this ministry. They're going to go out and do the same things that they've been witnessing for the last five chapters of time. So uh, I want to say a few things uh, of... Uh, I want to say a few things about these two chapters here, Matthew chapter number 8 and chapter number 9. We just mentioned everything that Jesus did, his displays of power. And, and as we read through Jesus' ministry, whether it's what we've already read that he's done and said, what we'll continue to read that he does and says, everything that Jesus does and did was intentional. Every single thing that Jesus does and everything that Jesus says in his ministry, and we certainly know throughout Scripture, it was intentional. Every word that was spoken, every parable that was given, the exact examples that he used in every parable, every person that was healed, every miracle that was performed, nothing was done by chance or mistake. Well, we've talked before about how God is sovereign and how God is in control. He is in control of everything. He has his hand. He is in control and he has control over every single part of our lives, over every single part of every single person's life uh, on this earth. And so for every single one of those people that we just mentioned, whether they had uh, a, a demon in them, uh, whether they were blind, whether they were lame, whether they were dead, every single one of those issues those were allowed by God so that he could show his power. Every single one of those were allowed by God. God allowed those that was his intention so that Jesus could show his power. Uh, I didn't put these verses for the screen, but hold your place in Matthew 8 and look at John chapter number 9 with me. John chapter number 9. This is the story of Jesus healing a blind man. And in John chapter number 9, we see Jesus and his disciples coming across this blind man. And look at verse number 1. The Bible says, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And so this man, he didn't have an accident. He didn't have an issue. He didn't have a disease. He's been blind. He's never been able to see. And so look what his disciples say in verse number 2. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind. And that's our usual assumption. We see bad things happening to people. And we assume, oh, well, God's getting them. Uh, we assume that something bad happened. They did something wrong. And so this is their punishment. Uh, but look what Jesus says in verse number three. 
He says, Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, look at that last part, but that the works of God should be manifest in him. This man was blind, Jesus said, because I've got some power to show. This man was blind because I've got a miracle to do. This man was blind because there was a mighty work that's supposed to be done in his life. And can I say this, that every single one of the issues that you and I face in life, every single one of them, those are allowed by God so that he could show his power. Every single one. Every frustration, every uh, uh, difficulty, every hurt, every loss, every desperation that we face in life, every question that we have, every single one of those is allowed by God so that he could show his power. You think of Job. Think of Job's story and how Job lost everything. He lost his kids. He lost his wealth. He lost his marriage, basically. He lost his health. Why did God allow that to happen? Well, so that in the end, when Job got his mind and his heart right and turned back to God, God could bless Job. And God could give Job twice as much as he had before. He could give him more children. He could, have, he could give him daughters that, uh, according to the Bible, were the fairest of the land. It wasn't a fairy tale. Uh, he, could, he could do that. He could work his power. And so every single time that we face an issue, a difficulty, a problem, a trial, a test, every single one of those are opportunities for God to show his power. Because this is the thing that we need to remember, Jesus had power over every single one of those issues that we mentioned in Matthew 8 and 9. There was not an issue that we read about in chapter 8 or 9. You know, there, there was not a lame man or a crippled man that came up to Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus, can you do something? And Jesus said, Nope, that's a little over my pay grade. There wasn't any of that. Jesus had power. There wasn't a demon in somebody, and Jesus walked up and said, oh, oh, now I'm not ready for that one yet. There wasn't, uh, when, when Jesus went to Jairus' Jair daughter's house and realized that she was dead, he didn't say, well, haven't, haven't had that lesson yet. No, Jesus had power over every single one of those issues that were mentioned. 11 collective incidents that we talked about, 28 specific people that were helped in those incidents, plus the Bible also says that there were many and great multitudes that were healed and delivered from their issues. And yet Jesus took the time to be with every single one of them. Every single one of them. And, and Jesus is God. Jesus could have gone up on a high mountain, spread his arms out, and say, be healed. And every single person could have been healed. Every single demon could have been cast out. Every single dead person could have been raised back to life. Jesus could have done that. He has the power. But you know what? Jesus said, I have the power to take care of every single one of these issues, and so I'm going to deal with them individually. I'm going to deal with them one-on-one. -on -one. I'm going to help the, the blind man. I'm going to help the leper. I'm going to help Jarius. I'm going to help this woman that I don't even see as I'm passing through the crowd, but I know she's going to come up and she's going to touch my garment. I'm going to help her too. Jesus helped every single one of them individual. 
Uh, he took the time to deal with every single one of them. And you know what's even more amazing about it is Jesus dealt with every single one of those issues individually. Okay? He helped every single person by themselves separately, and he dealt with them all differently. Do you notice that? Uh, when you read back through those stories, and again, we don't have time, but I'd encourage you, read Matthew 8 and 9 at some point. Read those accounts of what Jesus does for each of these people, because he helps them all differently. He helps them all specifically. He meets their needs exactly how they need to be met. He touches the leper. He spoke from where he was when the centurion met him on the road. He wasn't even at the centurion's house, and he said, I'll heal your servant from here. To honor the centurion's faith. He touched the hand of Peter's mother-in-law. He spoke to the storm that was raging outside. Uh, he said one word, one word to the demoniac of Gadara. That's all he had to do. He forgave the sins of a lame man that had been lowered through the roof. And then he called for him to rise and walk again. The woman that, that had the issue of blood as Jesus is walking through the crowd on the way to see Jairus' daughter. All she had to do was reach up and touch the hem of his garment. Jairus' daughter, he took her by the hand, even though she was dead, and pulled her back up and raised her back to life. And then he touched the eyes of the blind man. Each one of those different, specific, individual situations and issue. And Jesus took the time to deal with each one of them and to deal with each one of them individually and specifically. The love and care that Jesus shows to each one of these people shows his love for the individual you know, we, we, we quote that verse. We know that verse. God so loved the world. That's big picture most of the time in our minds. But can I remind you that the world means every single person in it. Every single individual person within the world. The people that are in the world. Uh, let me say it to you this way. Jesus had compassion on the multitudes, but he cared for the individual. Jesus looks across the multitudes. We see it in Scripture. Jesus looks across. The Bible says he had compassion on the multitudes. He sees the multitudes. He sees the crowds of people, and he has compassion on them. But he cares for the individual. He reaches down and touches the blind man. He reaches down and touches the leper. He reaches down and allows a woman to touch his garment. Cares for the individual. Uh, let me say two things. First of all, that ought to bring great comfort to us. To know that the issues and troubles and trials and questions and frustrations and desperations that we face, first of all, again, they're there so that God can receive glory, so that he can show his power to us. And Jesus is not going to care for all of our problems in a group. Okay? He's, not, he's not a... A healing evangelist, you know, he's going to call everybody up and, you know, slay you all in the spirit. Jesus doesn't do that. He deals with each one specifically. He's going to help you. He's going to answer your question for you. He's going to solve your problem for you. He's going to give direction for you. He's going to give a leading for you. He's going to do it individually. He's going to do it separately. He's going to whatever it is. He's going to care for you as an individual. But let me also say this, because when we see this example of Jesus, then we also need to make sure that we see the individual. We see people. Uh, we, we see each and every single person that we come in contact with as Jesus sees them. Loved. Someone 
who He came for. Someone that if Jesus was there in our stead, He would show love. He would show grace. He would show compassion. He would care for them. You know, it's easy, especially if you go to somewhere where there's a lot of people, school, work, the gym, a restaurant, a gas station. There's just people. There's just people. And it's easy to just think in your mind, I am guilty of this all the time, and I just see people. And just people. And I can't help all the people. And I can't talk to all the people. So I don't talk to any of the people. But I can talk to the one person, the individual that's on the other side of the gas pump for me. I can talk to the one person that's working out next to me at the gym. I can talk to the one person that sits next to me in class. I can talk to the one person that works next to me. The individual. Jesus cared for the individual. Uh, now, I, I want to say this too. Because Jesus cares for the individual. He cares for your individual issue. He cares for your individual problem. And he wants to show you his power. But can I say this about all the people that were mentioned in Matthew 8 and 9? I have a feeling those were not the only people in Israel that had problems during this time. I have a feeling those were, that wasn't the only leper. Uh, Jairus' daughter was not the only little girl that was dying. Uh, that was not the only blind or sick people. Jesus is only able to care for those in these passages. He was only able to care for the ones who came to him. Who came to him. Now, Jesus has power to take care of all of them. But Jesus only took care of the ones that came to him. See, Jesus marvels at the faith of the centurion, the great faith of the centurion, who came to him and said, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. All you have to do is say the word and you'll heal my servant. Jesus said, man, this has great faith. But every single one of those people that came to Jesus, they had faith. There was a degree of faith for each and every single one of them. And what does the Bible say about faith in Hebrews eleven six? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God. There's an element, there's coming to God. The only people that were helped, at least in these two passages, were those that came to Jesus. And there's a lot of people, I'm sure there, 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 were, there were other blind people. Maybe in the area around where Jesus was, maybe there were blind people that knew the two blind guys that got healed and thought, man. But they do nothing about it. They don't go see Jesus. They don't go visit Jesus. Uh, they, I'm sure there were other women and other people around the same time of that lady that had the issue of blood. I'm sure there were other people that had illness that wished somebody would heal them, wished somebody would care for them. She's the only one that went to Jesus. Uh, I think a lot of times we struggle with issues and difficulties and frustrations and we do it alone. We don't ever bring them to Jesus. We don't ever give them over to Jesus. We don't ever go to him in prayer and say, I need you. I, I can't do this myself. And it, it seems to be common sense to take your problems to the one who can handle them. But we forget about it so many times. And we don't. And we just go on being frustrated. And we go on being uh, uh, just, just in despair. And we go on with questions and, and directionless and, and, and we're, we're confused and we, we don't know where to go and what to do because we just haven't taken it to Jesus. 
because He wants to be the one to solve those. God allows difficulties in our lives to direct us to Him so that He can deliver. He allows those difficulties, those frustrations, those problems, those testings, those trials, those questions, He allows them into your life so that it will drive us to Him. He's trying to get us to wake up to say, you can't take care of it on yourself, uh, on your own. And why are you trying to deal with it on your own? Bring it to me. Bring it to me. He allows them. Here's the thing. This is this is great, too. Uh, He allows our issues to be different than others so that he can show that he can take care of each of our issues individually. You know, sometimes, you know, the saying, the grass is always greener than the other side. And we look at somebody else's problems and we think, man, if I only had their problems. Uh, if I only had that to deal with, not what I got to deal with. Man, if I only had to, you know, if I had all of this figured out and just had to deal with that like that person. Uh, but God doesn't do it that way. He allowed you to have those issues and difficulties and testings and trials and frustrations so that he can show you that he can handle that for you. He let the other person deal with their individual testings and trials and difficulties and frustrations and all of that so that he could show them that he could take care of their problems for them. You know, and, and we should be thankful that uh, we don't have each other's problems. My problems are not your problems. Your problems are not my problems. Each of us have issues that are unique and individual to us. Where we are in life and what God has allowed thus far into our lives But every single one of them are there so that God can show his power. And so so that God can show you that he can work for you. You know, uh, your your job issues may be different than somebody else's. Your uh, financial issues may be different than somebody else's. Uh, your, Your problems in school and just the frustrations that come with that may be different than somebody else's. Uh, your relationship issues are different from somebody else's. You may be dealing something, you, you may be dealing with a relationship or lack thereof that somebody else doesn't have to deal with. You think, why is this mine? Because God wants to show you his power for that. Specifically, individually, separately, on your own. He wants to show you that he can take that problem and solve it for you. He wants, you, he wants to be able to show you that he can take that issue and give you grace to continue to deal with it. He wants to show you that he has power for you. Now, I really want to get into the, ne- the rest of this lesson because I still have a bunch. But if I do, we're going to go overtime or I'm going to have to cut it off in the middle. So I'm going to actually end a little early today. Um, surprise, surprise. But let me encourage you with that. Take comfort in the fact First of all, Jesus has power over anything that you face. That whatever you are facing, it's there so that Jesus can show his power. And it's there and it's different than other people because he wants to show you specifically that he can handle that problem for you. He wants to. Man, he wants to. Did Jesus turn any of those people that came to him in, in, in those two chapters down? No. Did, did he tell them he couldn't do it? No. Did he give them any reason? Did, did, he go, did, he, did he go through this whole issue of, you know, well, if you'd have done this and this and this, you wouldn't have this problem right now. 
Jarius, if, you, if you'd have gotten a doctor quicker, your daughter wouldn't be dead. You know, if, if it, a lady with the issue of blood, well, you know, you, you've been doing all this wrong. No. Every single one of them healed. Demon cast out. Issue solved. Girl raised from the dead. Jesus has power. He has. What, whatever issue is in your mind right now that you're facing, whatever question, whatever problem, whatever Whatever thing is frustrating you the most, it's just a cloud that sits over you right now. Guess what? He has power to solve it. And if he decides he doesn't want to solve it, he has power to give you grace to get through it. He has the power. Let's make sure that we bring it to him. Now, we'll come back next week and finish up Matthews 8 through 10.